0: Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio, I'm Darren Hefty. And I'm Brian Hefty, thanks for joining us today. Well, today on the show, we're going to talk a little about drain tile design. If you've got any questions for us on that or anything else that's happening on your farm or anything else you're thinking about agronomically for 2021, we would love to hear from you. Our phone lines will be open throughout the show. Our number here 44 AGPHD. That's 844-442-4743. You can also email us radio at agphd.com. So we'll get to the AGPHD mailbag in just a little bit here. Uh, I was talking to an agronomist today about an HPPD herbicide that a farmer, in my opinion, was overusing, and he was having this discussion with the farmer. He was asking my advice on it. It's really and, tough to get Brian to express his opinion, though.
1: I'm sure it was like, <laughs> boy, I don't know if he'll well, give his opinion here, but...
0: Here's here's the thing. when I, I mean, I've lived on the farm my whole life. I have... Uh, I mean, I was doing farm work, obviously, when I was a kid, and then I've been an agronomist for 30 years now. And once you've done something thousands of times and consulted with tens of thousands of farmers, you start figuring out some patterns there. And I was just telling this agronomist, okay, when I was a young agronomist, here was what was happening right then. Scepter carryover. So that was when I was in college and and right out of college, scepter carryover, and we were, we had tested that on our farm too. We didn't see the problems that a lot of people did, but the point is this: it was a rampant issue all over the United States where people had used scepter, and the next year it hurt their crop, and the next year after that it hurt some crops. We can't have that kind of stuff. So. I, I, I just learned early on, you got to be really careful about things that can possibly carry over. Now, when it just comes to weed control, and if there's nothing else at stake, you don't have environmental worries, you don't have carryover worries, you just have weed control concerns, okay, then we absolutely want the best thing for weed control, that's great. But if it's the best weed control, but I have to worry about carryover or environmental problems, now i got an issue. And what I find in our industry is there are a lot of people out there who are just talking about weeds or they're just talking about, look, we have this to sell and that's all we have to sell. So it's got to be great. (laughs) I don't like either of those things. We got to talk about the whole picture. And with some of these HPPDs where you're using, in effect, a double full rate in the soil in a state like Ours, which is South Dakota, and I looked at last year grand total between the snow and the rain. We had 14 inches of precip. I'm going, hmm, that's not good. We're n- there's no possible chance that all that HPPD is gone. And now the guy wants to go plant regular soybeans. And I said, you're nuts. And I'll tell you, too, I use words like that because and I'm not afraid to offend people because sometimes as human beings, we need to be offended to shake our thought process a little bit and get us off center and go, hey, if there's somebody who's got that much experience that's worked, you know, consulted with farmers on millions of acres over the years and has done it successfully, maybe I should listen to that. So when I'm worried about carryover as an agronomist, I don't care what, you know, this other agronomist is selling the guy. It doesn't make any difference to me. Um, All I care about is let's think about the farmer. And at the end of the day, is that farmer going to be happy or is he not? Well, this year he might have been happy because the weed control was good. But how about next year? If it hurts his crop, what good is all that? So anyway, I was just telling this agronomist, have the guy plant LLGT27 beans. Then he doesn't have any worries about that carryover, and that solves the problem. And in the future, quit using double, triple rates of HPPD so you don't have the carryover issue when you're in dry land, South Dakota. So anyway, I just thought I would mention that because there are a lot of people that go, and, and just like this farmer, he's like, well, it's worked fine for the last couple of years. Well, of course it has. We had double normal rainfall for two years in a row. And, uh, you know, when you start looking at that, you go, all right, well, how could it be that much different than this year? We went literally from 40 inches of rain to 14. 41 year, 14 the next year. Okay, well, you might not have seen a carryover after the 40-inch year. You certainly could after the 14-inch year. All right, let's get to the Ag PhD mailbag.
2: It's the mailbag!
1: All right, Brian. We got a bunch of questions here today. Uh, first one comes from MK. Wants to talk about potash. She said, "Could you please talk about the chloride ions from potassium chloride and its high salt index? Is that a bad thing for soil long term?" And then what are the impacts nope. in the short term?
0: No. Okay. So chloride, that chloride is going to separate off the potassium chloride. And chloride by itself is fine. It's when it attaches to other things, like let's say sodium is in the soil. Well, sodium chloride, yeah, that's going to be a problem. That could be a problem. But the nice thing with chloride is it's pretty leachable. So it's not going to stick around All that long. It's one of the more leachable nutrients. So we really don't have to worry about his question was long term. No, that's not a big issue. We've thrown on 500 pounds of potash year after year after year on some ground in in order to get it really built up. We've seen no negative impacts from that. So I'm not saying that in all cases you can do that, all right? You've got to be careful about what the rest of the soil profile looks like in terms of nutrients, everything else, drainage. But if you've got good drainage, and that's one of the things we're talking about today on our, on the show is drain tile design, but if you've got good drainage, I don't really worry all that much about chloride in the long term. Now, again, in the short term, yes, it is possible that you can overdo it. So you throw... 2,000 pounds of potash out there and you do it right before you plant, yes, we've seen that can hurt soybean nodulation. You could hurt just about any crop if you overdo it on anything. So be a little bit careful, but for normal use rates or even double normal use rates, we rarely, rarely would ever see any kind of problem.
1: All right. thanks for the question. Got a little feedback here from MD who says, ah, this is just like every other Ag PhD episode. More chemicals and more drain tile. Well, thanks, MD, for the feedback. We appreciate you checking us out. Well,
0: you, you gave me like 10 seconds to, to rebut this uh, ridiculous <laughs> concept of chemical thing. Keep in mind, a lot of the chemicals today are not very harmful at all to human beings. They act only on plants that have certain enzymes, And, for and if you
1: listen to our show a little bit, you'll find we're trying to avoid using chemicals with cultural methods like crop canopy, for example. Well, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Did you know soybean diseases like white mold and sudden death syndrome can survive in your soil even after rotating crops? Prevention of these diseases is a constant battle and yield loss from an infection can be devastating. The right management plan makes all the difference. Keep your beans safe this spring with Heads Up Seed Treatment. Heads Up guards your seed from both white mold and SDS. Stay protected and profitable by asking your seed dealer for Heads
2: Up. Learn more at HeadsUpST.com.
3: Pentair Hypro 3D nozzles are your premier choice for fungicide applications. Syngenta fungicide application field trials have shown Hypro 3D nozzles provide a yield advantage of up to 10% over other nozzles, maximizing the return on your fungicide investment. Learn more at Pentair.com Hypro.
2: Start your crop off right with the Germinator closing wheel from Farm Shop MFG. Our spike design excels on variable soils and shatters compaction. Plus, the unique shoulder firmer encases the seed to maximize seed to soil contact. Order yours at farmshopmfg.com.
5: Now bring you an important news
4: bulletin. This just in from Live Action News.
2: Innovation has come to the world of burndown. New Elevore herbicide controls your toughest weeds, even glyphosate and ALS-resistant weeds like tail and henbit. Talk with your retailer about Elevor herbicide today and ask how you can start elevating your burndown.
1: Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, talking about drainage tile design on today's show, and taking your calls and agronomic questions throughout at eight four four forty four Ag PhD. You got Jeremy Miners with us right now over in Illinois. Works with Agrim. Jeremy, how you doing today?
6: Doing well. How are you and uh, Brian and Darren doing?
1: You know what? We're all doing well here and excited about 2021. We're also excited that we got a lot of tiling work done on our farm last fall. We were really, really dry and so it was a great opportunity for us to get things done and harvest was early. So wonderful shot for us and it does push everything though when you're trying to design the right system. You got to plan that out ahead. I would assume you're you're working on that all the time.
6: Absolutely. Uh, here at agram that is uh, our main uh portion of our business is drainage design, everything from uh, conventional systems uh, to interceptor drains to uh, designs on the contour.
1: You know, we talked to a lot of farmers that that They want to deal with their worst field first as far as the hardest one to get things done. We always tell guys, why don't you start with the easy fields? That way you get a little bit more experience and now you're really comfortable with this when it comes to making the tough decisions on, like you mentioned, on the contour and some of the situations that you run into. I I would imagine you probably get most of the difficult ones coming across your desk.
6: Absolutely. Yeah, we, we get the fields uh, that have the pipelines, uh, natural gas pipelines that cross the field right through the middle of it uh, <laughs> in the fields with multiple different watersheds and draws. Uh, th- these are definitely the, the more difficult fields that we typically get. Yes. Uh, in terms of the, uh, the questions in terms of starting with your worst field, I, I do have to agree. If you're designing it yourself, you probably want to you know get your feet wet or uh, just kind of ease into it. That said, there's a lot to be said about uh, going for that most difficult field. Uh, as the, the rate of return on that field is probably going to be better than some of the fields that just need a little bit of improvement.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I was thinking that too. And everybody knows where oh, the worst thing about this field is the drainage is terrible. If I could just fix that. And, you know, we talk about soil health. We always point out, well, soil health, number one, if your soil is full of water and not any air, you've got the most unhealthy soil possible.
6: Absolutely. Yeah. You need both oxygen and moisture in there. And it's those two, uh, the, the top two feet of that soil that is really going to determine what type of crop you're going to have. And that's for, you know, tile drainage, if designed appropriately, is going to give you uh, the ideal root zone throughout the year.
1: All right, so where do you start, Jeremy? Because I'm sure some of these projects already have existing tile, and a lot of guys that we talk to don't have a good map of it or it got done before GPS, and they may have an idea. And then you got the virgin ground that, okay, I, I kind of prefer that because at least any mistakes out there can be yours instead of ones that you have to inherit.
6: Yeah, I absolutely agree with you on the virgin ground. Uh, the first step is to get a good topographical uh, uh survey of the field. Either that could be through something like LIDAR or through doing an RTK survey. That way you can see how that field is going to lay and where your different drainage paths are going to be, as well as know where you're going to take the water. That's always very important to know your outlet. Now, for some of this older tile that's out there, probably the most overlooked resource on that is Google Earth. Uh, We love satellite imagery when we do a design, particularly starting with a field that may have a bunch of old random lines going across it. And if you look on Google Earth, uh, particularly if you look back in the 1990s, the uh, U.S. Geological Survey put up a series of maps. Some of them tend to be black and white, but you can really see some of those old tile on there. It's just slight variations in terms of color, sometimes a little bit lighter, sometimes a little bit darker. But that can really kind of give you an idea of where some of those lines may be.
1: That's a great tip. Uh, and I know a lot of guys are talking about this too. Let's go back to that virgin ground for a second that, well, hey, I want to get rid of the water in the bad years, but on the years that it's dry, I might want to sub-irrigate. Is that something that you're seeing a, a trend in the industry moving to that as well?
6: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so sub-irrigation, it's been around for, oh, 100 years, but it always could only be done on very flat fields with uh, uh, a soil profile where you had lighter dirt over top of a heavier clay pan. Now, we have a lot of soil, of course, that is going to fit in that area where it's lighter over heavier soil. So there's lots of options there, but the difficulty has always been uh, topography. And that's when you design on the contour, it allows you then to be able to put in control gates, which is known as controlled drainage, and then be able to retain the moisture in the field and then use it to put water back. Uh, it's definitely been, uh, in the last 10 years, been growing as a possibility for those uh, farms that need both drainage and irrigation.
1: Yeah, that's pretty interesting stuff. And, and like I say, it may not work everywhere, but there are certainly some spots where it could be done fairly easily with, with planning ahead. We're talking about Jeremy Miners here with Agram. Jeremy, where do we find information about Agram and how how would folks get a hold of you if they're interested?
6: Oh yeah, uh, just right on the website, uh, www.agrem.com. And there's a lot of information there as well as our uh, telephone number and you can also email us.
1: Thanks a lot, Jeremy. really appreciate all the info.
6: Thank you, Brian and Darren. have a wonderful day.
1: I bet you as well. Sit down to Iowa State. We've got Matt Helmers with us right now. Matt. how are you doing? Uh,
7: doing well. How about yourself?
1: Pretty good. Pretty good. All right. So lots of questions around drainage tile design. And I know um, Jeremy had mentioned right away, outlets are going to be a big thing. You got to find out where is this water going to go to start the planning process. And I know in the state of Iowa, that's that's been a big issue, a big concern in certain areas about exactly where is this water going and what's in that water?
7: Yeah, certainly. Yeah. You know, I, I think one of the things that, that we have in Iowa and many other areas where, you know, we have a lot of historic drainage is that, you know, our drainage outlet or our main, um, maybe draining multiple landowners, you know, in Iowa, we would refer to them as drainage districts. And a lot of those were put in almost 100 years ago, maybe some more than 100 years ago, and designed for a very different agricultural system. So probably in the future, folks are going to look at improving those uh, you know, improving the capacity of those, improving the drainage coefficient. So, you know, that's one thing we see a lot and, and wonder a lot about with outlets in Iowa. And then certainly, as you know, as you said, uh, what's coming out in, from those outlets in the water. You know, we we do see a lot of times elevated nitrate levels. And so, uh, you know, I think that we need to think about as we think about our drainage design, how can we design it for the economic outcomes that that producers want, uh, that the agricultural industry wants, but also for the environmental uh, aspects as well.
1: Now you mentioned the the improved drainage coefficient that that growers mm-hmm. are looking for and being able to, to move water a little bit faster. It, certainly as the weather patterns change, climate patterns change, and uh, rainfall amounts change from year to year, there are some years where, like in 2018, 2019, there's just way more water than we were expecting. And I know for our own farm, we designed our systems for the most part for a 25-inch average rainfall. And when you get 50, that throws everything out of whack. Is it is it a climate change thing or is it just the the amount of production that's going on? What are you seeing for a difference?
7: Yeah, that's that's a great question. I think some of it is is certainly uh, you know some increasing in intensity of precipitation and you know more of that coming in maybe shorter windows. But also, if we think about think back to what the landscape was like a hundred years ago, you know the demands for for draining that landscape were different. The the you know the old uh, story that, that I heard, you know, a lot of that drainage was put in initially so they could crop uh, the pastures and pasture the swamps. So, you know, we, we had a more diverse landscape system uh, that might have been using water in a little bit different way than just, you know, what we see is corn and soybeans here, here in Iowa. So kind of have to recognize the demands on that agricultural, on that drainage system, that, excuse me, have changed over time.
1: I know there's always a lot of questions around uh, drainage and, and certainly the folks at Iowa State have been a good resource for us. Matt, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on the show today.
7: You bet. You guys have, have a good day.
1: Talking drainage tile design on our show today, I know we've got a number of soil tests and uh, so oftentimes you'll hear Brandon me say, wow, we can tell that ground needs some more tile, based on leachable things that, that are building up in that soil or levels of salts that are building up, things like that. It is an important thing and it does help when we've got good drainage, good subsurface drainage in a field to, to get everything to work the way it's supposed to. So we are talking about tile design today. We are also taking your calls and agronomic questions at 844-44-AG-PHD or you can email us radio at agphd.com. Stay tuned, we'll be right back after this.
4: Success isn't just about maintaining your operation, how you make out for the season, or how much you can get from each acre. It's about doing precisely what needs to be done, To feed your crop and grow your legacy. All the way down to the last drop. AgroLiquid Precision Crop Nutrition. Apply less, expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com.
7: The only innovation that matters
8: is the one I need. With NK
9: Seeds, their R&D program actually listens to farmers like me. So I get solutions that solve my challenges.
7: With the support to make them count. Because progress means pushing my potential. And success matters.
10: Push your potential at nkseeds.com. Give your corn a strong defense against stress throughout the season with MycoApply Indoprime SC mycoapply indoprime sc uses four specially selected species of mycorrhizal fungi to protect your crop against stress that means more access to water and key micronutrients while building a healthy soil structure for stronger crops for years to come stronger corn starts beneath the surface learn more about mycoapply indoprime sc at indoprimecorn.com always read and follow label instructions
8: it's not about how quickly you come out of the gate with nitrogen fertilizer how strong you finish the race high striker uses patent-pending chemistry to stabilize your nitrogen in a form that lasts longer in your crop's root zone because for high yields your nitrogen must last longer so you can finish the season stronger visit agrotechusa.com to learn why so many growers are going the distance with high striker treated nitrogen
2: no matter what time of the year it is on your farm With the Bayer Plus Rewards program, earning and redeeming rewards are always in season. Because when you buy two or more eligible seed or crop protection products throughout the year, you earn $3 per acre in cash back rewards. Cash you can redeem and reinvest in your farm later in the season. That's Bayer Plus Rewards. And that's how we're helping make every part of your season, well, rewarding. Visit mybayerplus.com to learn more. See program terms and conditions for full details.
10: Acre to acre, year to year, generation to generation. Nobody scrutinizes performance like you do. And acre to acre, year to year, generation to generation. The consistent performance of ASGRO brand soybeans helps to keep your profitability out in front. Offering leading agronomic expertise and 100% exclusive genetics for strong yield potential. Ask your dealer how much further you can grow when ASGRO leads the way. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions.
1: Back, you're listening to Ag PhD Radio, talking about drainage tile design today, and also taking your calls and agronomic questions at 844 44 Ag PhD. You've got Roger Wenning with us right now. Farms over in Indiana also does some tile installation. Last I checked, anyway, Roger, how you doing?
5: Oh, pretty good.
1: So how uh, how was the tile installation this fall? Do you guys have a great fall for getting tile in? Uh,
8: actually, it was a late harvest, so we didn't get much done. In- fall uh, just because it was such a late harvest and we were busy with ours sure uh, sure we've got a little bit but uh, there's some going on now where ground's not too bad of shape
1: now in your part of indiana is it mostly upgrading tile systems or, or fixing up tile systems that are already there or is there a lot of fields that just have no tile at all and are starting from square one
8: uh the majority of have some old clay that have broken down and just finally given up, wore out.
1: How old is that tile? Have you ever figured that out, uh, exactly how long that clay tile's been there? Uh, anywhere
8: from, I mean, I've had guys uh, tell me, I mean, old guys that were old. age talk about as teenagers and stuff. I'm going to say there's... Up to 100 years and more, a lot, quite bad. I mean, you know, and some of it's not quite that old. I've got a couple fields I remember as a kid helping lay the tile off a wagon. There's a lot of 100-year-old stuff.
1: Yeah, the point that I was trying to make uh, with this question is just that when we make these decisions on drainage tile design, it's going to impact our fields for a long, long time, so we need to be thoughtful about it. When you start talking with other farmers, Roger, when you're planning out a field for your own operation, where do you begin with tile design?
8: Well, you've got to start with uh, soil type to know on the spacing. Uh, how tight it is underneath what the guy's budget is. Uh, if he's into the soil and cover crops you can normally get by with a little bit wider spacing just because of having the soil looser. And then you got you know you work with his budget and uh, gotta know where the outlets are so then you figure out what how the main size is.
1: So yeah, there's there's just a number of things somehow. that a guy needs to understand. And when you look at soil type, I know that varies as you go through a lot of these fields. How do you do that? When you're in lighter soils versus heavier soils, What kind, what's the average kind of spacing that, that's going in so, in Indiana?
8: We'll go some around me and just south of me at 25 foot. And they used to do some 80 foot north, most of that about everything has closed down. Back 30 years ago, we were doing a lot of 80 foot. That has now dropped down to 60 foot. And those that are now 5 feet, they were doing it 40 feet. But as it got, people learn more and uh, the value of the crops and stuff have grown that uh, the spacing has closed in. But typically now we're anywhere from 25 to about 60.
1: So when it comes down to design then, uh, as, as you're doing, say, a 60-foot spacing for a guy now, is there a thought in, in most farmers' minds that, you know, someday I might split that down to 30?
8: We try not to, uh, but I have some of the original I put in at 40 and 50 that we are definitely looking at splitting. Uh, Those are the kinds that need some of the old stuff. Today, we hope they don't need to. Now, occasionally a guy's on a real tight budget that will drop in at, say, that 60 when we know it should probably be at least 40 or less with the, okay, 10 years from now and you got the money, we'll just split them and you'll be 30 and be even better. So that happens occasionally. It kind of depends on budgets.
1: Sure, sure. And just a side question, just for curiosity, is it mostly the farmer that's talking to you, or do you also have some landlords that are renting ground out that are just being proactive?
8: Uh, we have a few of those. We did a fairly large job for a landlord last year. He had called, and actually when we got there, I met with him, and he had a, has a tenant that he really likes. And says, I know we have to do this, and it'll keep my tenant, make him more. We're all going to be better. So we did him. There's some landlords that look at it. It's more of the farmers, though, doing on their own.
1: Sure, sure. Now, as, as you're putting tile in, have there been any big changes that, that have happened recently in terms of the, the type of tile or material you're seeing out of that tile? Do you have any concerns that way in terms of uh, what, you're, what you're putting in and, and just how recommendations have changed for what you're doing?
8: Uh, as far as the materials, they're pretty well basically the same. And I've got some tile I put in, ooh, I started this in the 70s and mid-70s uh, with some plastic and we have split the middle on that field since then of course. And that tile was perfect, open. Everything looked just fine. Of course, now we're looking at possibly splitting them again. That's how much it's changed <laughs> since wow. in the last. Ooh, that's been what forty-five years. But <laughs> it, uh, it, yeah, they. But as far as what we installed, the material is in excellent shape.
1: Yeah, it's that's good had to a hear. right' back then. I sure think about that, how as we're putting tile in, we're looking at, all right, if we're getting a payback here in just a few years, and this is going to last for 50 years or more, it, it's just an awesome investment on our farm, and I know it is for, for almost every farmer that we talk to. Roger, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on today, and hopefully uh, hopefully, okay. have a better season next year for, for getting stuff done a little early in the fall. Yeah,
8: yeah. Our crops were real good. I don't, you know, they were great, but yeah, just was a pain <laughs> doing the work.
1: So. You bet. Well, thanks, Roger.
8: Okay, thanks a
1: lot. You bet. Yeah, it's tough to, year to year as uh, moisture conditions vary and, and just timing of everything. It's You can't always count on getting a large window in the fall. I know we talk a lot about doing tiling work in crop in the spring just because we've got dry fields and we've got the time to do it well, then and it's he, warmer conditions. Yeah, too. but
0: here's the other thing. Okay, so I look at our region of the country and 2008 to 2011, really wet. All right. A lot of guys decided, oh, yep, I got to get some tile in. And then the drought of 2012 hit, and 2013 was actually even drier. It was just a lot cooler. So the yields weren't as bad. And it was dry halfway through 2014 as well. So we basically had a two and a half, three year stretch of really dry. And a lot of guys just said, yeah, I'll just wait. I'll put it off. (laughs) Well, when it's dry, that's the time to get her done. And we have had the least amount of rainfall in the last six months than we've almost ever had in the history of our state. So going into the spring of 2021, at least here, we are super dry. So I hope we don't end up with the drought this year. But even if we do, the point is be thinking about tile because it's a long-term investment. It's a 50-year, 100-year investment. And what we're looking for predominantly, if, as, as big indicators, because Darren mentioned this earlier in the show, sodium. If, so, if your sodium levels in your field are above 1% or 2%, so pull out your soil test. If your sodium levels are above 1% or 2%, that's a check mark right away where I'm going, hey, we, we better start taking a look at tile. Number two, high salts. Number three, high leachables. So that'd be stuff like sulfate, nitrate, boron. So if I see any of that stuff showing up on the soil test, that's telling me right away we probably need to address drainage and we probably need to take a look at tile. So we're going to be talking quite a bit about tile here, just to start into our next segment, and then we'll get back to your questions in the Ag PhD mailbag. But today, our topic with tile is especially on design. So I want to get into that just a little bit more after our break here and talk about some of the mistakes that we've made putting in tile and what we've seen be successful around both the United States and Canada in terms of how you design a system, how you get this thing to work well, and how to maximize your overall return on investment because at the end of the day that's really what we've got to focus on yep we want to do a great job with the soil and yes we absolutely want to do an excellent job with the environment but we got to figure out how does this pay exactly on our farms so we're going to talk about that right after this you're listening to ag phd radio
2: A lot goes into keeping a precision operation moving. The inputs you choose have to deliver results. New Delaro Complete fungicide from Bayer offers unmatched consistency and the most complete disease control available. Your corn and soybeans are protected, and yields higher even in unpredictable conditions. With Delaro Complete, you get results you can count on to help keep your precision operation running smoothly. Always read and follow label instructions. To learn more, visit DelaroComplete.us today.
10: You're all set with the 4x4 turbo diesel truck. How about some options? Spray and bed liner? Absolutely. Tailgate step and Nerf bars? Gotta have them. Tie down hooks and stainless steel toolbox? You know it. Tinted windows? Of course. Options are good. That's as true in the field as it is with your pickup. In addition to taking care of tough weeds, new Open Sky Herbicide gives you more rotational choices than ever before and an easy to handle formulation. <laughs> Goose deck tow package? Yep. Discover more Open Sky details at OpenSkyHerbicide.com.
0: Welcome back to Ag PhD Radio. Brian Hefty here along with my brother Darren. Today on the show we're talking a little about tile drainage and especially tile design. So I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the mistakes that we've made and also talk to you about maximizing return on investment. Now before I get to that, I would just say this, and we had, uh, Darren read an email earlier in the show, gave me about 10 seconds to respond about uh, somebody who wrote in to saying you guys talk about tile all the time. And it was it was somewhat, um, they're, they're, the tone was negative, basically, that like tile is bad. Um, no, tile is one of the very best things you as a farmer can do for the environment. Okay, so a lot of people will say, oh, it contaminates the water downstream. That's absolute nonsense. So there's all kinds of data over the last hundred years showing that tile water is way cleaner than runoff off a field. When there is runoff off a field, there's usually with it, unfortunately, soil, chemical, and fertilizer, all stuff we don't want to go downstream. Tile water has been filtered. Tile water, for the most part, is drinkable, and if you don't believe that, Do some water quality tests. We've done all kinds of them over the years. Most of the time, tile water is of drinking water quality, at least here in the United States, with what the drinking water standards are. Um, Okay, in terms of erosion, tile dramatically reduces erosion. I mean, it's like 40 to 60% erosion reduction. That's a big deal. So for anybody who is concerned about saving their soil, you put tile on the ground, you save the soil. If you want to reduce flooding... Uh, the the studies have shown 15 to 30 percent reduction in flooding which only makes sense because with tile what you're doing is creating a reservoir out in your field for rainfall to hit okay here's the other thing whenever people want to talk about oh you're gonna flood me out downstream when you put tile in that is complete and utter nonsense and it shows you that the person downstream does not understand one thing about tile. Just think about this logically for just a second, okay? And this is an example you can use with anyone ever who wants to talk to you about tile and says, oh, you're going to flood me out if you put tile in. Okay, I just say, look, how do you think I'm going to pay for this tile that I want to put in my field? And, you know, usually you'll get no response because they they haven't even thought about it at all. Well, the only way you get uh, a, a return on investment is you have to have yield increase, right? We've literally had spots that have yielded, let's call it 100 bushels, and after just a few years, or maybe even less, it's 200 bushels. Well, which one of those is going to remove more water from the field? 200 bushel corn or 100 bushel corn? Well, the 200, of course. There's going to be less water going downstream, I can absolutely promise you. If you have done, if you've put your tile in correctly, there will be less water going downstream long-term. Now, sure, initially for that first two to four weeks, yes, there's going to be more water coming out. But as soon as you raise your first crop there and from then on and forever, there will be less water going downstream. So anyway, almost all the things that anybody's going to say that are bad with tile, we, we have All kinds of data from years and years and years and years and years showing that that is absolutely not true. Tiling is one of the best things you can possibly do for the environment. Okay, so in terms of tile design, some of the mistakes that we've made, uh, I would just say, first of all, you've got to have good slope with your main line. If you have a situation where you go, look, I'm trying to make this work gravity, but I don't have much slope to work with, then I would say don't have it go gravity put in a lift station instead we've put in a couple lift stations on our farm and they work great and they really don't cost that much money to operate over the long term yes they're going to cost a little bit of money they're going to cost a little bit of money to put in but they don't cost that money much money in the long term so that's kind of how I would look at that deal and but that's probably the number one mistake we've made in just a couple of fields where we didn't put enough slope on that main line okay the main is the key the next thing I would tell you is if you say, I'm not sure on tile, I don't know about it paying, the first tile you put in is going to pay the best. So I would set up my main and I'd think about, hey, someday I might have 25 foot spacings. But in the beginning, let's just do 100 foot spacings with all my laterals. That will pay you phenomenally well. Okay, so if you're really looking at, I got to have a fantastic short term ROI, that's the way I'd go. And then I'd add more lines after a while so we'll talk more about this tile design and just some of the other maybe mistakes that we've made so hopefully you can learn from our mistakes uh, but let's get to the phone lines right now we got Jim calling in from Ontario with some questions about tile Jim how you doing today
5: I'm good how are you doing great um, I tiled my first farms back in the 80s yep and he would put my mains in through the farm and then he would tile each section the way the water ran. Yep. Now, now in my area, they take a diagonal and run the whole farm in one diagonal, which are easy to find later down the road. Sure. But the old the old guy that tiled my farm, he said, "Why would you try and run water against <laughs> the way that it wants to run naturally?" Yep. <laughs> and yep. I, I just kind of I did. I just kind of wondered your thoughts on this. I know both ways work, but he always said, I always try and run the water the way it wants to go. And now I see mains coming into the cricks and the ditches. They're entering the crick the opposite way. The water's running in the crick. And he said, that's wrong. So I wondered your thoughts on that.
0: Yep. Well, your old tile guy is absolutely correct. Yeah, You don't want to have it running the wrong way. In almost all situations. Now, I'll give you just one example of where we had to run things the opposite way. So, back in 1976, and I realize it's going back a ways, but they cleaned out this... Uh, this creek right by us, okay? They took all kinds of dirt out of it because that was the that was our big drought year. So they were able to go in, move all this dirt and everything. Well, guess where they piled the dirt? Right in our field. And it basically made a berm on the edge of our field. And now the water ran away from the creek instead of running toward the creek. So in that particular case, we put a lift station in pretty deep and we ran the water against the grain so we could then pump it right into the creek where it originally went prior to 1976. So that's an example of where you would do it going against the grain. But for the most part, yeah, it's way cheaper and easier to just follow where the water would naturally go. So you can spend less money. And then the other thing is you don't typically get people upset when the water's still flowing the same direction. Everything stays in the same watershed. All that stuff is fine.
5: Yeah. Well, worked in Ontario, there's a lot of tile going in at 20, 25, 30 feet now. And when I first tiled, uh, it was 40 feet. So yep. I can really, really see the benefits of tile. They do pay, I can tell you. So
0: yep, yep, absolutely.
5: I, yep, well, thanks. I, I was just kind of curious of your opinion. <laughs> so, okay.
0: Yep, yep, your old tile guy was dead on, Jim. Hey, thanks a lot for the call. Appreciate it.
5: Thanks, thanks a lot.
0: Yep. Yeah, one of the things that we've always found in life is these people that have lots of experience and, you know, a lot of what we – and I'm I'm, going to still dare and lump myself into the younger category – people like us would – The old timers, I mean, they had to be smart and figure this stuff out because they didn't have all the technology advantages that we do today. So they figured out great ways to do things. It didn't cost so much money. And as it turns out, in most cases, they were absolutely right with what they did. Okay, so coming back to the whole tile design thing, I told you already with the, the mains, make sure you have enough slope. That's the number one issue. Now, I will say this with our lateral lines and even the main lines. One thing that we did, and, well, we didn't run the tile lines far enough into the side hills. I didn't realize how much water was seeping out of the side hills until we drained the valleys. And then we found water seeping out the side hills, and that causes real problems. So the way that water works in soil, it's very interesting. It will usually try to fill up the A-horizon before it goes, starts going to the B horizon. Then it'll try to fill up the B horizon before it starts going to the C horizon. So it doesn't just, oh, hey, it, it just is coming in, and at any point it's going to start going to the B, then to the C. It does not work that way. So where you've got eroded side hills, like we have relatively hilly ground on some of our fields, and on those side hills where they're eroded... Um, the A horizon might be gone in a spot. Okay, so what's happening is that water is going out sideways and it's going out because it doesn't want to go into the B horizon since it hasn't totally filled up the A horizon. So, anyway, once we've gone up more into the side hills, we've absolutely had a lot better drainage. Well, we'll talk a little more about drain tile design and get to your questions in the AgPhD mailbag right after this.
7: You're looking for soybeans that give you the yield you want. But when it comes to fighting your toughest weeds, you also need flexibility. Introducing Flex Soybeans. Elite genetics with triple tolerance to dicamba, glyphosate, and glufosinate. The yield you want, the choice you need. Learn more at extendflexsoy.com. Always read and follow IRM where applicable. Grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. It's about time.
2: Applied at planting, new Zyway 3D fungicide from FMC delivers foliar disease protection from planting to harvest. Active ingredient flutriafol moves from the soil through the corn as it grows for inside out protection from roots to tassel. For season long protection, choose first of its kind in-furrow Zyway 3D fungicide. To learn more, call 815-362-7747 today. Always read and follow all label directions. You deserve to have a building that will last for generations. With more than 110 years of experience and thousands of satisfied customers, Morton Buildings is the industry leader you can trust. Unlike other construction companies, you work with Morton Buildings craftsmen from conception to completion. There's no better time to buy. Lock in your new building for 2020 today. Contact your local Morton sales office or visit
10: mortonbuildings.com. When it comes to effective herbicide formulations, you know Newfarm. They've been bringing growers trusted brands like Burnmaster, Scorch, and Spitfire for decades, made right here in the USA. What's your favorite New Farm brand? Email it to turnuptheburn at newfarm.com and you'll be entered to win a monthly $1,000 product giveaway. In these unprecedented times, you're facing unprecedented pressure. Newfarm's here to help.
4: Success isn't just about maintaining your operation, how you make out for the season, or how much you can get from each acre. It's about doing precisely what needs to be done to feed your crop and grow your legacy, all the way down to the last drop. AgroLiquid Precision Crop Nutrition. Apply less, expect more. Find a retailer
3: at agroliquid.com. Welcome back to Ag PhD
0: Radio. Brian Hefty here, along with my brother Darren. We're talking drain tile today and getting to your calls and questions. Got James calling in from Ohio. James, how are you?
9: I'm doing well. How are you?
0: Doing great. What can we help you with with tile?
9: Uh, Yes, I'm renting my dad's uh, farm. He he moved to Florida. um,
0: (laughs) Sounds a lot warmer than Ohio.
9: (laughs) Oh, you betcha. Yeah. I don't know if I'd want to be down there. It's too hot for me. (laughs) But anyways, he he has uh, about 100 acres um, draining into an 8-inch plastic tile. Okay. And and it seems to be all working good, except for then he's got another 20 acres that has about 20 laterals hooked into a 6-inch main. Yep. Which runs over and runs into that 8-inch main and I'm having a lot of issues with that 20 acres backing up flood. Should I split that six inch off the eight inch?
0: Well, that's really the question is, where is the problem coming? My first guess, and I certainly could be wrong, but my guess is the problem is somewhere in that six inch main. So either it's partially plugged up or you just don't have enough capacity and maybe part of that six-inch main needs to get replaced with an eight-inch main. So it's very common to have a smaller main up in the upper part of a field draining into a bigger main in the lower part of a field. That's real common. That's usually not an issue. But yeah, everything's got to be properly sized. And so, I, I mean, we could run the the numbers. We actually have a A drain tile calculator app so it's a free app you can download for your smartphone and uh, without pulling it up here for you and starting to run the numbers I would just tell you six inch main when you've got 20 acres and you're trying to pump lots or trying to have lots of water flow through that especially if it isn't real steep uh, that could be causing the problem so my guess is it's just the last little bit of six inch main that's causing the problem it's probably not the eight inch main uh, but it it certainly could be if there's all kinds of water dumping into that eight inch main then that's backing up and and pushing that all the way back or holding that back from your whole six inch 20 acre area
9: okay yeah but the uh the six inch main toward toward the end where it ties into the eight yep. i dug it up yep and it it's flowing about a half a tile oh okay uh, but when we get a An inch rain, inch and a half, that field just
0: floods. Sure. Yep. So if you've got 20 laterals in 20 acres, that sounds, I mean, off the top of my head, I would say that sounds good without seeing the design or or anything else. I would say that sounds good. So that would lead me to believe that it's the 6-inch main that's causing you an issue. But again, you know, when you start talking about, okay, you got 100 acres plus another 20, that 8-inch main... That could be slightly undersized, too. And that was one of the things I was going to be mentioning here in this segment anyway. You know, like for us on our farm, we're in one of the drier areas of the United States that produces a lot of corn and soybeans. And we only typically get 20 to 24 inches of total annual precip. Well, two years in a row, we had about 40. It was the record most we'd ever had in 2018. Well, sure enough, 2019, we actually beat it. And so we'd set up all our tile designs for, okay, 24 inches normal, you know, maybe 26 or 28. So we were all ready to handle that. And then we found out our systems didn't handle it very well when we got almost double normal rainfall. And that could be kind of what you're running into. But the other side of it, like I'm saying here is, you know, those mains, you could have problems there. There could be, you know, something that, I mean, maybe there's some blockage or something else going on. I don't know. But. Yeah, I, I mean, the mains are most likely your issue here. Somehow, some way, you got to do something about that to get yourself a little bit more capacity, I believe.
9: Okay. I appreciate your uh, opinion.
0: You bet. Yeah. Thanks for calling in, James.
8: Yep. Have a good day.
0: All right, so to kind of finish up on tile design, I'll, I'll give you just a few last tips. Number one is always solve your problem areas first. So, like, James is just saying, okay, he's got this 20 acres. That's a real problem now. And so if let's say, let's just say that he didn't have any tile in any of this, wherever your worst drainage is, I mean, we, we got to focus on that number one. And a lot of people will talk to about tile inlets. So in other words, let's say there's a little depression out in the field, a little pothole, whatever you want to call it, and a lot of people will talk about inlets going right to the soil surface. I do not like those at all. And the reason why I don't like those is when you've got a tile line running all the way to the soil surface, well, now you're going to get chemical in there, fertilizer, and even soil in there. I don't like any of those things ending up in my tile line. What I would do instead in areas like that is I'd run a main line all the way through that pothole, and then I'd put in a lot of shallow lateral lines, maybe at two, two and a half feet, something like that, and I'd have them really close together, just in those pothole kind of areas. So in other words, I'm saying make sure that you're taking care of that area first, and two, make sure that you've properly sized that main line. So like with James, I'm not sure if it's the 8-inch or the 6-inch that's causing a problem, but I'm going to guess that if, let's say, originally they had put a 10-inch line in his 100 acres and an 8-inch line in his 20 acres, he may not be having that exact problem right now. So spend the money on, on upsizing your main line as much as you can. Typically, it's going to be worth it. Now, it may not be worth it for you in your farming career. Okay, let's say you got 10 years left of your farming career. You got to think, too, about the next generation and even the generation after that. And for that matter, even the value of your land. If it's well-drained, your land's going to bring more in auction. If it's well-drained, your land is going to bring more for rent. So I, I would just tell you with as much work as we have done with tile over the years, tile... Pays really well. It pays almost better than anything else on the farm. And one of the big things and why we say tile first rather than even fertility, variety selection, any of that stuff, because all the other investments you make on your farm, everything else will not pay as good if you have poor drainage. You've got to have that drainage fixed. Uh, I guess the last thing that I'll throw out there is people really are questioning Okay. Tile spacing and tile size. That's a judgment call. Okay. It's really a judgment call. And just like I was describing, all right, we're, we're used to dry weather and all of a sudden we have two super crazy wet years in a row record. I, I mean, how are you going to predict that? So it's up to you what you want to do and the, the type of system you set up for your field. And yes, it's great to talk to the experts, but ultimately you're the one paying the bill. You're the one that's going to make that decision. And like I say, if it was me and, and just in hindsight on all our own stuff, if I can afford it, I'm going to usually upsize my main line. The lateral lines I'm not too worried about, but I would be set up for big main lines and then you can add on laterals at any point. Right. uh Josh wrote in with a question just a few minutes ago. He said, so the landlord, uh, oh, and he's asking tiling over a pipeline. So here, here's what he says, uh, and this is Josh from South Dakota. So the landlord asked for more money, so I asked for some tile. <laughs> I think I've got him on board and working with NRCS and wetland determinations. My question is the newer Dakota Access Pipeline goes through this ground. What steps does a person need to take here? Is it better to hire a professional? Honestly, I'm not all that worried about that. You can talk to the pipeline people directly and see if they have any things that they would like you to do. But there are certainly ways to design your system so you can run laterals even in between that or uh, away from that pipeline. Okay. You can set up even double mains out in your field. I mean, there's absolutely a way to do that. So you don't necessarily have to hire a professional, but... My suggestion would be maybe talk to a few other people, whether it's farmers or other industry people, and somebody most likely is going to have some experience with some of that. So I'm not that worried about it. I don't think you're going to have a lot of issues there. Typically, it's not a big problem. Now, it is a big problem with pipelines when they start when you start talking about building and, and doing things like that. But in terms of drain tile, not a real big issue, other than the fact that obviously everybody's going to be concerned about pipeline damage. So, so you got to be real careful around that pipeline.
1: All right. Yeah, lots of, lots of uh, questions that have come in on tile. We're going to have to get to a bunch of them during the Ag, during the, uh, Ag PhD mailbag Time tomorrow so thank you for all the feedback that we're getting on tile and I know sometimes you think well why is tile so important hopefully you you heard some of that today from some of the guests that we had on and some of the people that called in just talking about what a difference it's made on some ground for them and in improvements in soil health yield and also environmental improvements We'll talk more about that again, I'm sure, tomorrow as we get into some more of these questions. But in the meantime, if you have any agronomic questions for us, radio at agphd.com is the place to send them. Thanks for listening to our show today. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.